so much uh we had had definitely god has been good god has blessed did you know uh that you know did y'all y'all agree with this god answers prayer (laughs) he does acts chapter 3 a continuing journey and this here the theme verse that i want to start off if i had to pick one if i had to look at one verse to wrap up this chapter to be the theme for this chapter And looking at this, and that is (laughs) the marvelous things that God does. The marvelous things that God does. Acts chapter 3, verse 6. Acts chapter 3, verse 6, we have here, Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none. (laughs) We're just talking about giving. Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. 
of all the things, and thank goodness that uh, and that a lot of times uh, Jesus is right, the Bible is right. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. You give, and some people don't have much to give, but you can give what you have. You can give of your time. You can give of your talent. So, therefore, if this verse is accurate, and I feel that it is, as Peter walked by and he was right outside the temple, and that's where this guy always set up. And uh <clears throat> matter of fact, I was addressing, uh talking to one of my preacher buddies, and they've, uh Lufkin, Texas, has seen a huge increase in panhandlers. And they had KTRE, which is the ABC station, go out and, and uh, do a report on them. And uh, there was a fellow, there was a news reporter sitting there, and they'll always get where cars can stop and see, you know, panhandlers. And they'll always get there. You know, some of them I'm sure are legit, but it's the one that KTRE did a show on, and he was at the Lowe's entrance and will work for food, and, and then they followed him to his Cadillac Escalade as he got in. And uh, and then they, they stopped him and they interviewed him, and he said, well, why would I want to get a job? I make $200 a day standing here. And uh, so, you know, and so on and so forth, which I'm not... To, you give as the Lord leads you if somebody's out. But main thing I do, we had somebody stop by here the other day, which is pretty rare for where we're located. And uh, But I don't give cash unless I know them. You know, I'll help somebody out. But we do love offerings here at the church all the time. But my policy is, and I told this fellow, I'm, I'm sorry, I've got a policy, and I know other people have ruined it uh, because of the abuse. But I'll give you food or gas. Where where you want to go? And uh, so I preached to him as I gave him some gas and bought him and his mom a sandwich. And and uh, but and not uh, just but that uh, Peter was that away, and that's where that fellow was sitting. He was sitting at the entrance to this gate, at this place where people would go by. But that they didn't have social services back then. They didn't have welfare back then. So guess what? If you're lame, and by the way, he was born lame. If you're lame, you can forget there's not anything such thing as government help. Matter of fact, our country has been doing that, our welfare system and everything, for less than 100 years. It's not very old in of itself. And so, and of course, it's just, you know, gone haywire and whatnot. Because why? Because people abusing the system. But Peter walked by and he walked by and he said, uh, hey, he said, hey, <laughs> and uh, he said, I need some help. He said, I don't have any money, but I got something better. I got Jesus. And uh, so that's what he shared with him. And so I want to look at a few things here. I want to look at the man, the miracle and the message, the man, the miracle and the message. The man is in verse two. And a certain uh, man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily. So what does that tell you? Isn't it great to have friends? Amen. Would you agree with that? Isn't it great to have friends? Who got him there? Did he get in a wheelchair? He didn't have a wheelchair. He hadn't invented it yet, I don't think. Might have, but he didn't have one. The Bible says his friends, certain ones, in a carried him there whom they who's the who's the they <laughs> who's the they and then it says they laid him daily at the gate of the temple there's that entrance that Lowe's entrance that 
that or the panhandler is going to set up. And he's at, at the gate, which is called beautiful to ask alms. That means help. I need some handout here. Uh, I definitely can't work. I can't be a carpenter or anything. And so that's what I see. Verse 4 and 5, Peter fastening his eyes on him. That's verse 4. Look, and he said, look on us. And, uh, and that's whenever he was asking Verse 5, and he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. You and I are there. Before you were saved, you were lame. Before you were saved, you had no hope. Before, and hey, listen, before I was saved, there was no way I could get to God. Somebody had to tell me. Somebody had to share something. Somebody had to leave a Gideon's Bible laying somewhere. Somebody had to leave a track somewhere. Somebody, either through verbal or something, written form, shared with you the gospel. Who told you about the gospel? Who told you about Jesus? How did you hear? Was it your mama? Was it your daddy? Was it your friend? Was it the preacher? Was it your Sunday school teacher? My very first real exposure to the gospel was a Sunday school teacher. That was the very first time ever. My parents did not witness to me. They didn't. I'm sure my mom at that time, whenever she started going back to church, she either A, didn't know how, or B, maybe forgot. And I bet, you know what I bet though? I bet she was praying for me. I bet you my mom was praying for me. Maybe, maybe, y'all think there's moms, maybe some of these young couples that are joining our church and they're like, how do I witness to my kids? How do I be, how do I be a good example to my kids? Somebody intervened for him. You see here, he's lame. Somebody had to intervene before you got saved. Somebody intervened on your behalf. Somebody took the time to share the gospel. And that's what this man is. This lame man represents us. This lame man is somebody who I have no hope unless somebody intervenes. And thank the Lord Jesus intervened. And then let's look at the miracle real quick. The miracle, verse 7, we've read verse 6, verse 7. He took him by the right, this is it, this is it. He said, he, he took him by the right hand, lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. Verse 8, and he leaping up. Man, it was, it was Michael Jordan. He was doing a 360. He was jumping up, leaping. I mean, somebody was saying, preacher, you had something going on this morning. I was jumping up and down and, and hollering and getting after it. I don't know what it was, but if you know, I, I pray that the Lord's Holy Spirit was leading me. Guess what I know? The Lord's Holy Spirit got a hold of this man and he didn't sit back down. He's been down long enough. The miracle was he didn't get up and say, I feel I feel a little bit. No, he didn't feel a little bit. He got up and he started jumping up and down, doing 360s, leaping. And by the way, his mouth went to moving. So not only is he leaping, his mouth went to moving. Because what does it say? He's leaping up, walking and leaping 
I'm just seeing him skipping. He's just skipping. I can just imagine this. I mean, can't you read between the lines here? Can't you see in this verse? His mouth is moving too at the same time. This fella all of a sudden's coordinated. He's praising God while he's skipping through the temple grounds and telling everybody, oh, by the way, he was very recognizable. If you just read, read, read word for word, every verse, every word in here, Every, and especially chapter four, because everybody starts questioning it. I don't, I think it was faked. I think it was faked. Any of y'all watching AD, the Bible series, got it recorded on the, and that was, I think, last week, the lame man got healed and it was cool because it was, it was following a great pattern here. And the pattern was, is that they could not deny that there was a miracle that was done. He said, even his mom and dad, he said, and they were scared. They said, ask him. We really don't want to take a stand. But that fella didn't deny it. He didn't hush. He didn't shut up. He didn't stop. He said, you can threaten me all you want. I know I was lame and now I'm healed. So his mouth kept moving. And folks, so many of us, we're gonna, there's gonna come a challenge. Right now, I mean, think about it. We have all the freedom in the world. Are we bold enough to speak up? Well, I guarantee you, you can stay, you can keep your mouth quiet and God will just let our country outlaw it and see if you speak up then. Just, we'll just lose our rights. We'll just lose the ability to speak up. God, we're not speaking up now. I, I guess this. Let's just make church against the law. Let's just make witnessing against the law. Because we sure aren't witnessing like we should now. So why don't God just come in here and clean our clock? Wipe out our country? Because we're wasting a good thing. We're wasting a good opportunity. You and I have the freedom to speak up. And if we won't speak up with the freedoms we have, then God come in here and take it away from us. Maybe that'll wake us up. Maybe we need a wake-up call. And I hate to say it. You know, think about it. That what would it take to wake up us, wake us up out of our sleep? Wake us up. And this fellow here, it, it, I mean, it didn't. He stood up and he praised God. And the miracle is this: the miracle happened. I don't think salvation is a miracle. It's a design. Because Jesus said, whoever believes and calls upon me will be saved. A miracle is God setting aside a natural order. Uh, I'm going to circumvent the law of gravity and float up. I'm going to circumvent the law of water and buoyancy and density and all this and walk on water. I'm going to circumvent the law of... There's no arm there. Boom! He grows one. And it happens so many times. He's paralyzed. His spinal cord is severed. Boom! All of a sudden it gets healed. And he doesn't just ease up. He leaps up. And that spinal cord is miraculously healed. That's a miracle. God circumventing the laws, the natural laws of nature. Some people say the miracle of birth, and, and I understand the miracle. Is that miracle? Because you know why it's a miracle to us? Because we don't understand it all. But it's God's design. He said, He said, go forth, multiply, replenish the earth. You know, so all the, uh, infidels and Muslims is taking that to cue, and they're, they're out breeding us. Uh, we got to, some of our, some of our young couples doing a good job of keeping up though. And uh, having babies, there you go. 
the effect. So he got saved. What's the effect of the miracle? Verse 11. The effect of the miracle, and as the lame man, which was healed, held. I don't know if I've really ever noticed that. The lame man, which was healed, held Peter and John. You reckon there was a hug going on? Do you think he was just you know, put his hand on his shoulder and said, Thank you, brother? <laughs> I don't think that was the held. I think he's just wrapping him up. He's hugging. They see him up there. He's got a hold of him. He's got the effect of it. The effect of it here is the people were all excited. They recognized him even from the back. And all the people, it says, greatly wondering. So he's, what does the Bible say? Because, man, that's what we have to go on, isn't it? What does the Bible say? This fellow's holding. He's, I mean, he says, come here, Peter. He grabs him. Come here, John. He grabs him. Up. Man, I'm so thankful, guys. And the people are walking up, looking. They recognize this fellow from behind. Is that who I think it is? He'd been sitting there forever. I know him. I've, been, I've known him his whole life. Isn't that what we always say here in Ashley County? I've known them their whole life. I've known them. I know how they act. I've known them their whole life. That's just the way they are. I've known them their whole life. They're walking up there behind this guy because why? They, this is a small town, by the way. I don't know if you know the population of Jerusalem during that day. It was just a small town, not much bigger hamburger across it. It swelled on the big festival days. People came in kind of like armadillo, <laughs> kind of like. But when they had the Pentecost and the Great Day of Atonement and Yom Kippur and all those other festivals, people would come in for those big festivals and all those things that went on. But it, this was a, really a small town. Jerusalem's not that huge, even in Jesus's day. It's a trade route, so you got a lot of people passing by. But they knew who this guy was, and they're greatly wondering. And the effect of it is, is folks, if we can let God work in our church, people will see it. If we can let God work in your life, people will see it. If we can let God, you know, as I was preaching this to the uh, my uh, uh, Sunday night Bible study class, if you feel God's Spirit moving you, don't you shove Him off. If God's Spirit motivates you, pushes you, nudges you, don't you say, eh, I ain't going to do it. Eh, I ain't going to do it. That's what we do, the Holy Spirit, a lot, a lot of times. We say, eh, no, no, I, I don't want to be the first one to walk down there and pray. I don't want to be the first one to go down there and pray for my family. I don't want to be the first one to go down there and, and, and encourage somebody. I don't want to be, let somebody else be first. But you're telling the Holy Spirit, no. If you do that, if God's Spirit nudges you, you're telling the Holy Spirit of God, no. And doesn't the Bible say, y'all correct me, that's it, just quench not the Holy Spirit. That's in country boy, that means to tell the Holy Spirit, eh, no, I, I'm not going to. The effect on this guy, the effect on the crowd. Look at verse 12. At the end of their wondering in verse 11, verse 12, and when Peter saw it, what he sees the people coming up there. He sees the people, uh, and this is crazy. So Peter takes advantage of it. Here's the effect. 
He said unto them in verse 12, You men of Israel, why marvel you at this? Or why look so earnestly on us as though by our own power or holiness we made this man to walk? Folks, is God working in promised land? Amen. Is God working in promised land? He is. He is, And it's not by the preacher. I'm a nobody. I'm just a messenger. God is the one doing it. He's the one that's doing it. And if lives are changed, it's not you and it's not me. As, as awesome of job as Miss Barbara does, it's not our choir. As awesome as our musicians are, it's not our musicians. As awesome as all y'all look, <laughs> it's not your looks. We got, we got, we got holes in our parking lot. We got paint chipping off of everything. We got bathrooms that are dated 700 years old. Why do we fill up on Sunday morning? Why is the baptistry wearing out? Why are people joining our church? It's definitely not the parking lot. It's definitely not the bathrooms. It's definitely not the paint peeling off the walls. It's the Lord. It's the Lord. That's what Peter was trying to get them to see. It's not, I, I'm a nobody. I'm a country boy fisherman from Galilee. John said the same thing. Yeah, me and my brother James, we just love to catch some fish. And then Jesus came along one day and I decided to follow him. Let me tell you about him. And they they got bold. Y'all don't think they were country people? I know they were country people. I know how they talked. Matter of fact, did y'all know what they said on the day of Pentecost? They recognized them for Galileans because of their accents. The Bible says that more than one occasion. Even Peter, remember when he was caught by that little girl? You know, said, you are one of them because your speech, I recognize your accent. They did back in those days. They could tell where people were from just by where they lived, by their, with their accent. But and let me tell you this. It's not our stuff. We ain't got it together that well, do we? We ain't got it together that well. And this preacher don't either. So you know who gets all the credit? You know what I mean. That's who gets all the credit. It's all about Him. And let's give credit due where credit's due. It's the Lord. Let us be a humble servant. And that's all Peter and John were. Were humble servants for the Lord. Okay? Wrapping it up. Wrapping it up. <laughs> and uh, Maylee, wherever she's at, can say amen. She can get ready. All right. And... Uh, <clears throat> I love it when we're praying and she beats us to the punch saying amen. <laughs> and, uh, well, I'll tell you what, every good preacher tries to make a sermon out of everything. <laughs> and Peter made a sermon out of this and he just started preaching. And, uh, verse 14 and 15, I'm fixing fly through this. But you denied the Holy One, the just, and a desire to murder to be granted unto you. And verse 15, and killed the prince of life whom God hath raised him from the dead. If you back up to verse 14, notice you twice. 
you killed him. You denied the Holy One. Peter, when he preached, he got personal. I mean, he would look people in the eye and say, you did it. And then he'd point back at him and say, I'm one of you too. I used to be just like you. And so he gets real personal with the message. Verse 17, And now, brethren, I know that through ignorance, what is an old word for no, I know that through ignorance you did it. Folks, that's me. How many times have we done stuff through ignorance? I just didn't know. I just didn't know. I didn't understand. And that's what verse 17 says, that through ignorance. I just didn't understand. The purpose of the message is verse 25. A purpose of this, and I'm going to ask you tonight, what are you going to do with this message? As we prepare for a hymn of invitation, verse 25, we're going to wrap it up as uh, Brother Norman and our musicians get ready for a song. We're going to wrap it up with 25 and 26. Y'all ready? You, this is the purpose of the message. You are the children of the prophets and the covenant which God made with our fathers saying unto Abraham, now this is it, God gave the gospel to the Jews first. But then he said this, but I'm going to let everybody, be ble- the whole earth be blessed because of my promise. And in thy seed shall all kindreds of all kindreds, guess what, that's you, you're a kindred. You're, you're a nationality, you're a Gentile. Sometimes called a dog, Sometimes called a heathen because you worship other gods. They're talking about Gentiles and nationalities. And unto you, verse 6, 26, excuse me. And unto you, first, God, having raised up His Son Jesus, sent Him to bless you. What's the purpose of Jesus? That we could have our iniquities forgiven. Let's give all the praise and honor and glory to God.